Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Revolution Church. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. This is Pastor Ray LaSalle welcoming you from Houston. That's where I'm at. Got the background here at the church and the school where we do ministry Monday through Friday here in Texas. And I just want you to know it's so good to be with you again. I get the chance to minister to and and fellowship with you and interact on Saturdays. Many of you that tune in for our Saturday prayer times that I host, I just want you to know I'm so blessed any time that I have an opportunity to minister to you and to stand in the gap for Pastors Dino and Jeannie to minister with them or minister in their behalf. I just want to pray right now. Let's let's pray for them and for the service and go before the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for Pastors Dino and Jeannie. They're so faithful. They're so consistent. They work so hard for you in your kingdom. They're at Revolution Church in Troy and in all of the outreach that it affects throughout the world. Father, thank you for blessing them and for blessing their three daughters and all of their family as they are serving you and worshiping you and being busy about your service, Lord. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your peace, your health, your goodness overtaking them and everyone that's watching this today in the name of Jesus. Say, I'm a receiver of God's purposes and plans in the name of Jesus, amen. Lord, we thank you for blessing this time as we get into the word of God. Well, I want to I want to continue on. I'm blessed to continue with this last segment of the series that Pastor Dino has been teaching about the source, God being our source. He's taught about several points, shared different angles about this about this message, and um, it's very important that we that we look to the scriptures. So I'm going to read the foundation scripture that you've started with each week as he's opened up this message. And then we're going to do a a quick review on the things that he's taught as we launch into the part that I'm going to share today. So going to our key verse, 1 Corinthians 8, 6 in the Amplified, the classic version, it says, Yet for us there is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things and for whom we have life, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through and by whom are all things, and through and by whom we ourselves exist. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. We exist. We exist because of God. Everything in this world exists that's good because of God. There are things that have been twisted and distorted because of the curse that's in this world, but all that is good, all that is great, is from God, the Father of lights. And he wants us to understand how much he wants us to receive him as our source. Pastor Dino has gone over several points over the last several weeks. One of them is to give God what we have, put it in God's hands, and let him work with it. Another way for him to be our source is asking ourselves, is he our first response? Is he automatic? Or is, do we have to work at allowing him to work in our lives? Another way is, we need to be refilled. 
The children of Israel, they receive their manna from heaven on a daily basis. We need to be infilled. We need to be refilled. Pastor Dino had that phrase, I'd like a refill, please. Like at a restaurant, we need to be refilled by the presence of Almighty God. Well, today I want to share with you about God being the source. His very presence is the source that I want to talk about today. I want to minister to you about the Holy Spirit himself. And for me, this is something that it seems like everything that I look at in the scriptures goes back to the presence of God, goes back to the, the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit at work in this verse, in that? And so in the series, I want to share with you about how God, what I saw in this, is that God being the source himself by the power of his very presence wants to show up in our lives. And I'm going to go over several ways that he does that, but I want to share a few illustrations through the scriptures. I just want us to, to look at these as an example of how God manifested his presence, how he was a source through his presence, the almighty presence that he showed himself as throughout the Old and the New Testament. I think of one example of how he said that he demonstrated himself as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Can you even imagine? I know that when my family will see a unique cloud, we'll all say, hey, look at that. Can you imagine a, a column of a cloud going before the children of Israel? That's how they knew where to go in the desert. And that fire, that fire that led them in the night. I mean, you take a torch outside. You take a big beam flashlight and you can see pretty well. Imagine a pillar, a column of fire. That's how he showed himself. And that's found in Exodus verse 13, 21. Everyone that saw that knew that God was glorious, that he was magnificent. There's another scripture that we see when Solomon was, he was preparing to, to dedicate the sanctuary before God Almighty. His father, David, had spoken of, of building the temple, but it was Solomon that built it. And as Solomon did, Solomon, at this time in his life, he was very earnestly intending and desiring and was pressing into everything that he knew about God. And as he did, he told the, the, the priests to consecrate themselves. He told them to set themselves apart, and they did. And he went before the people as they were dedicating this elaborate temple. If you've never studied and really gone into detail to study about the temple that Solomon built, it's an incredible, incredible study. But as he prepared that temple and it was, as it was built, and as they were there to, to go in and worship God in that temple, the priests came in, they laid out the, the sacrifices, and Solomon came before God and he prayed. He prayed to the, to the God of heaven. And he prayed in the name of his father's God, who became his God. And he prayed and he said, God, show yourself. Show yourself to be real. Show yourself to be powerful. Show that you are watching from heaven. And as Solomon said this long and, and very, uh, very special prayer, the fire of God came from heaven. It came from above and it consumed all of the sacrifice 
that was laid before the altar. It was an incredible experience that you, just hearing me tell you about it, it, it isn't enough, but you can see that, that story and, and read through that, that passage. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And, and I find it just amazing because as, as we read this story and we see how God was moving by His Spirit to show Himself to be the God of all creation that manifested Himself there and showed that He was the God that answered by fire as He did with earlier prophets in the Scriptures. It's so important to understand that part of the prayer was God, if we ever get away from you. God, if we ever go apart from you, and if we just come back to you, if we come before you and and we repent and we turn from our wicked ways, Lord, help us, help us to walk in fellowship with you. And even for the stranger it was spoken of, if they would come and, and pursue his presence, well, it was later in this story in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're familiar with verse 14 in an election cycle year. We've been praying, us Christians, we've been praying for the elections. We've been praying for those elected officials and those appointed officials, those that are running for office and those that, that are no longer running for office, that dropped out of, out of, the, uh, out of the election process, out of, out of the contention for for running for a particular office, the president, and for the Senate seats, and, and other, other seats. But it's so important, as we've been praying that scripture, to understand the context that as Solomon was sleeping, God appeared to him in the night after he sacrificed, and as he gave worship to God in the temple. And God came to him in a dream, and he appeared to him, and he said to him, this is when he said, if my people who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek and crave and require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. That's just not a scripture that we use around election time. It's not one that we just use for America. It's one that Christians around the world can use and say, God, I am yours. You are mine. I consecrate my business. I consecrate the church, the ministry, everything that we're called to do, my family, all of my possessions. I consecrate it all to you, Lord. Work through my life. Use it and be glorified through it, Lord. These are Old Testament examples. But in the New Testament, you have to remember that the Old Testament believers They saw things, they followed God based on what the priest, the prophet, or the king would tell them. Now as New Testament believers, the Apostle Paul tells us in Hebrews 10, he said in the New Testament that we're his temple, that we are God's temple. We are the carriers of his spirit. We are the carriers of his presence today. It says Paul wrote in this verse about as we are new covenant believers. He said, this is the agreement, the testament, the covenant that I will set up and conclude with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their hearts. Say, God, imprint your laws upon my heart. And he said, I will inscribe them on their mind. Say, Lord, inscribe your laws in my mind. On their innermost thoughts and understanding." 
he then goes on to say, and their sins and their lawbreaking, I will remember no more. God is the God that answered by fire. He's the God that went before the children of Israel supernaturally. And he did it at Calvary. When Jesus was, was put on that cross, he died for you and me. All those that receive him as their Lord and Savior, we are resurrected in his life. It's not us that lives anymore, but it's Christ that lives through us. And the scripture says that instead of God habitating only in an ark or in the tabernacle or in that pillar of fire or in that pillar of cloud, now he's chosen to live inside of me. Say, thank you, Lord, that you've chosen to live inside of me. Just say it this Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Say, thank you, Lord, for your presence. It's a reality, and I want more of it. Say that out loud right now. I want more of you, Lord. I want more of your indwelling spirit to work in and through me. I want to share this with you. In, in the scriptures in Deuteronomy 28, it's recorded that God spoke to Abraham. And he told him that all of the blessings in Deuteronomy 28 were the conditions of promise and provision that he was giving to Abraham as his covenant man. He said in Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14 are the blessings, and verses 15 through 68 is all of the curse. And it would be really good for you to be familiar with that area of scripture to know that that's a covenant that was made with Abraham. And the scripture says, the scripture says that you are a partaker of that covenant. We're not going to take the time to look at that verse. I wanted to give it to you as a reference, but we're going to look at the scripture that refers to that, that Paul spoke of in Galatians. And I, I want you to make a note of this, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. And this is leading into the very key verse that I'm sharing with you this weekend. It's this, it says, Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the doom, the curse of the law and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. For it's written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree is crucified. Verse 14, to the end that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? This is a manifestation of the promise that was made to Abraham. We are the manifested realization with God living on the inside of us. This is the manifestation of the promise of the Spirit that was promised to Abraham. We are Christ's offspring. We are in him and he is in us. And we are that promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit living in us and him working through us. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And the Bible says that we're in him and he's in us. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. We're combined with him in this to be world changers, to make a difference to be the tabernacle carriers, to be the presence of God in the earth. So what I'm leading up to is if the greatest blessing of Abraham 
was not the health and not the wealth and not the real estate and all those things that are good. And God wants us to walk in those. But if the greatest blessing of the greatest blessing of Abraham was the promise of the realization and the manifestation of the spirit of the living God, then that's what I want us to focus on today. And, and I've asked some preachers that have been around longer than me, have you ever heard someone to preach on it in quite this way? And they said, no, I, I haven't quite heard that. I believe that the Holy Spirit gave me that unique phrase just to be something to be remembered so that when you're thinking about this, the greatest blessing is his, his presence. The greatest blessing is his spirit that dwells in us. I want to share with you four different ways that the Spirit of God is present with us in this day. But before I do, I want to share something with you. As I was sharing with, with my wife Tiffany's grandfather, he's my grandfather-in-law, Gerald Davis, Dr. Gerald Davis. He's been a preacher for over 60 years. He's 84. I think he just turned 84. And he's been preaching the gospel all these years. And he said, Ray, as I was sharing with him, the sermon title and uh, the series that Pastor Dino had, he said, that's so unique. He said, I was just thinking yesterday about how God is my source and how when I took the perspective that making God my source, that made me God's liability. Now, if you think about that in the most serious term, you think about it from, uh, from a term of maybe a contract if you have a liability, if you have an insurance liability, you know that that is something you are completely responsible for. We are God's liability. The Spirit of God wants us to trust Him to lead us and, and to guide us in all things. You and I are His liability. If we say we want Him and we want to walk in, in His presence, He takes us under His wing. We are His liability. He wants to show us we would be on his tax return. We are his dependents. Amen. He lives in us and he abides in us. But, you know, there are different ways that sometimes we can forget about that. I want to read this scripture to you. It's John 6, 4, 4, and it talks about how we can't even come to God unless he draws us. John 6, 4, 4, no one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Another scripture, Galatians 2, 20, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You know, we're on an adventure with God. We're, it's actually an adventure. I got to tell you something funny. I, I think it's hilarious. Uh, just the other day, I was here at, at the school. I, I serve as the principal for a K through 12 school that we started. This is our sixth year. And um, I, I was greeting the kids. I have a standard high five that, that we meet in the lobby. We do the high five, we do the temperature check, and then we do the, the uh, sanitize hands, right? But that's part of our process. Well, one of the little girls that came in at that moment, the, the kindergarten teacher wasn't there right at that moment. And we did our high five and she hardly wanted to do the high five. And, uh, and she came to the door and she was almost pushing her nose on the glass. She wanted to be with her mom that day. I think she's a first grader. She wanted to be with her mom and she just didn't want to be at school. And if you've, if you've ever raised children or if you've ever been in children's ministry of any kind, you know that sometimes kids just want their mom. And this is where that girl was at. And I thought, you know, 
we have an adventure from God. We need to find creative ways in the most practical ways to allow the Holy Spirit to work with us. So I just said, I said, you know what? I said, I said, do you know a secret about this school? And she looked at me like, a secret? No, I don't know the secret. And I said, oh, you don't know the secret? I said, listen, not everybody knows this. I said, but you're one of just 25 people in this whole world that is here to be trained as a special agent for God. And she got real serious and she looked at me and I said, so I said, we need to get ready. I need you to come out and we need to go you need to move from the lobby and, and go into the sanctuary where it's time to begin praising God. Because I said, you are a special agent. I said, do you, do you understand? She said, I'm a special agent. And so, you know, she, that got her attention. And somebody might say, well, Pastor Ray, you're, you're saying that she's a special agent. Is she going to grow up and, and think, well, I'm not a special agent, just like the Easter Bunny doesn't exist and neither does Santa Claus. No, she's not going to grow up that way. Because you know what? That is what we teach the kids here. And that's what we teach the parents. And I told the mom, I called her later that day and I said, listen, I want to tell you something funny. This is what we go through sometimes on a, 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 a more challenging day for a little one. We just work through it. I said, but here's what I told her, that she is a special agent for God. And that she's learning how to be that special agent to fulfill her special purpose for God. And the mom got it. And I said, you know what? I'm even going to use this in my sermon in a couple of days. So praise God. Say it with me. Say, I'm a special agent. God's got special plans for me. And I can't have my nose up against the glass and whining and complaining about whatever it is in life that's not going the way that it needs to, the way that I need it to, the way that God wants it to. We're going to walk in God's purposes and plans. And so I shared that first part with you, that God's Spirit is in us. He lives in us. He has His, His way in us if we will walk in His character and His presence. I want to share with you the fruit of the Spirit is how He manifests. So many people can miss it if they're not walking in the fruit of the Spirit. This week, as, as we were um, doing a couple things around the house, I'll just tell you something. I almost got in the flesh about waiting for one of my daughters to show up for a prayer meeting that we were having in our living room. It could have been me. It could have been my wife. It could have been any one of my daughters. But that particular day, it was that daughter. And I literally, in my, in my heart, I could have yelled across the house up the stairs, can't you get down here? We're waiting for you. You know, I, I was getting so frustrated. I almost felt like I had drank two pots of coffee and I was getting so anxious waiting for her to come down. And I thought, no, I'm not going to blow this moment, even though we have to hurry. I said, you know what? Five minutes of, of quality prayer time with my family is going to be better than 20 minutes if it's in the presence of God. I'm not going to ruin this moment by getting in the flesh. Now, there's a time to say, come on, come on, come on, let's go. You know, there, there are those conversations. But if I would have yelled up the stairs at that moment, it would have been by the flesh, and I would have destroyed the presence of God 
that we experienced in that shorter five-minute prayer time. Another thing is, we were worshiping and praising God another night. So we were in the presence of God. We were watching a YouTube video. It was an intercession time, and there was a, a prophetic song that came forth. And we brought the kids in from another room. We all sat down, and I wanted all of us to be in the presence of God. And I'm telling on myself, because if this happens to me, I know it happens to you. All of a sudden, uh, my wife, she went backwards and she played part of it, just like we had all planned. And then when it got to the point that we had already heard before, she hit the fast forward button. I said, hold it, hold it, hold it. I want to hear that part. No, I don't want to hear that part. I've, I've lost track. No, go backwards. I almost got angry. <laughs> and don't, don't look at me so spiritual like you haven't had that happen. I almost got angry. I had to say, honey, go backwards. That, that song is so anointed. No, I don't know where it's at, and, and I need to find track of where the preacher's at. And we went back and forth. She said, honey, don't lose the presence of God right now. She spoke to me, and I received that correction. I was so close to getting upset. I know you can relate to that. There was one other thing that I want to share with you. Later in the week, I had a situation where <clears throat> I had to bring some correction to someone. It was an issue where this was an ongoing occurrence, something that somebody had been spoken to about on a number of occasions, and they were ignoring the admonition and the gentle correction that was brought, and they, they were completely ignoring the situation. So I had to bring a more direct approach to the way that I was dealing with the situation in ministry. And it was a business and ministry thing combined. And it, it was not a good situation. It's not something I wanted to deal with, but it was my job to deal with. And so I, I, I said to myself, God, five years from now, I need this person to know that I handled this by the spirit of grace and patience, even though in the natural, no one would say that they are deserving of grace and patience right now. But if there are times that I'm not deserving of it, then Lord, thank you for helping me not to ruin my testimony and having a voice in this person's life by being too harsh while I am direct and, and dealing with the situation. And God gave me the way to speak truth. So there is a way that we need to do things and we can minister God's grace. I want to challenge you, according to the scriptures, Study Galatians 5, 22 and 23, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It's in you. It needs to be cultivated. The gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to go through the rest of this pretty quickly because I don't want to, um, I don't want to go over time. I want to, I want to share a couple more things with you. The gifts of the Spirit found in, uh, in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. Every one of us has gifts that are given to us by the Spirit of God. We all have gifts. In the same way that some of you are gifted in a technical way, some of you are gifted in a creative way. Some of you are gifted maybe in music or in sports, maybe computers. Whatever your gifts are, you have natural gifts. All of us do. Not everybody understands what they are. Some people never discover some of those gifts. It's our job as pastors, as ministers. It's my job as a father to cultivate and develop, to find those gifts in my children and to encourage them in them and help find avenues to, to develop them. But in the areas of the gifts of the Spirit, this is something that's not spoken about enough in this generation right now. And I, I want to challenge you to study out the scripture that I'm sharing with you. 
Study it out because there are gifts of God's Spirit that He wants to function in and flow in through you. Now, I remember as a kid, there were things that God said. I, were, I watched the Ten Commandments and I'd hear how God said, do not covet. And He listed the things not to covet, the things to do and not to do. And I just remember coveting was something you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to be jealous of something else somebody has. You're not to covet. Well, I found a scripture where God said you are to covet something. Can you imagine that? God said you are to covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit of God. And he said that in, I'm going to find the scripture for you right here, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And he said it in the Amplified this way, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces, the higher gifts and the choicest graces. And yet I will show you a still more excellent way, one that is better by far and the highest of them all, and that is love. And that verse is right before we find 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what we what we refer to as the love chapter. God is talking about the gifts of the Spirit right before that chapter. And he said, we are to covet to prophesy. We're to covet the gifts. Say, I'm coveting after you, God. I'm coveting you and your spirit and your ways. Live through me, Holy Spirit. Live through me, God. Empower me and help me to see and to hear and to know your plans and your purposes. Glory to God. Well, there are several things that I... I could share with you right now. I'm not going to go into a lot of them, but this is one thing that, that I need to share with you. As I was going through my notes, I found something that I wrote in 1994. No, 1996. And it had Detroit written on it. This was a scripture and a, a message that I was preparing. I don't remember if I prepared this and if I ministered, I might have ministered it with Pastor Dino way back then. But I had Detroit and I was writing and praying for Detroit. And this is a word that God gave me. I'm going to share it with you. And then I'm going to speak something out of this that relates to someone that's watching today. This is what the Lord had me write down. He said, study the words of Jesus and imitate him as he is so are you. You are co-laborers by my choice. Light be, be made whole, arise, Lazarus come forth. These were not requests, but commands as a result of relationship. When you walk with me, I reveal my will and you bring it to pass for me. Let that sink in for a minute. That's why it is so important to keep yourself uncontaminated, pure of your own will and desire. If you'll follow me as the anointed one in his anointing, I'll take care of those desires and help you to walk in my interests. You'll know life abundantly. And then it says, prophesy according to your measure of faith. So I'm going to do, the Holy Spirit led me to this from 24 years ago that I wrote. On the week, a, a day before I'm ministering to you in Detroit, in the Detroit community. And this is what he showed me. He, he showed me that there's someone, I believe it's a woman, it could be a, a man too, but there's a woman, you've got pain on the top of your back, just to the left of your spine. 
And the Lord told me to tell you, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Praise God. There is a manifestation of God's Spirit that's available right now by you taking part of it by faith. The other day when we were on our Saturday prayer meeting, I, I told the story of how God oftentimes will lead me in praise and worship if somebody needs healing. And he had me to share the story about how the scripture said in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 20 through 22, how he sent the praisers in front of the, the warriors. And God chose to go through the warriors, not at all, but through the praisers instead, as they praised and worshiped and sung unto the Lord, the enemy got confused and fought among themselves and they were destroyed. And the Lord said, praise and worship me. And as you do that, as you praise and worship me, as you're doing it, healing will come forth. So there are people right now that you need healing. Praise Him and thank Him right now that He's your healer. Praise Him and thank Him right now that He's your restorer. As I was sharing that story just a couple Saturdays ago, I instantly got healed from a nagging pain from a sciatic nerve that I damaged a, a year and a half ago. I was lifting a, a heavy generator with a friend of mine, and we had to lift it up above our heads. And... He was relying on me more than I thought. I thought I was going to rely on him more. He's a bigger guy, and he was having a, a problem. I ended up messing up my back. But when I shared that, instantly that pain left, and I don't have it right now. So there's someone right now, you need to praise and thank God and receive your healing. Say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. There was a song that I got in the night. The other night, I woke up and I told my wife, I said, I, I, I just heard some words and I heard, I don't play an electric guitar, but I heard the electric guitar and I heard these words, I'm free, I'm free by the blood of the lamb, I am free. And I saw the worship leader jumping up and down so enthusiastically and taking the microphone. It was so powerful. If you need freedom in your life right now, say, I'm free. Praise God. Receive it. Say it right now. There's deliverance in the house. There's deliverance that belongs to us. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I'm going to wrap up here in just a second. I had so much to share and I'm condensing it. We need to wrap up. I know that we've got a certain amount of time. I know that the Spirit of God has ministered to you. I know that you've received. I know that the Word of God is coming forth and I know His presence is there with you. Whatever it is that's going on, share in the testimony of what God's doing in, in the comments there on this page. There's one more thing I wanna leave with you and it's the, it's the various giftings of the fivefold ministry that's found in Ephesians 4, 11. And those giftings are called to equip you and to strengthen you and help you. I want to challenge you, Pastor Dino and Pastor Jeannie and the team, the leaders, it's our job to cultivate and develop in you and challenge you to walk in these things. The things that I walk in, I walked in these things before I was a full-time minister, before I walked, before I was ordained, before I was licensed. I walked in these things because I was a believer that wanted to be on fire for God. And I got things in my, in my prayer time. I got things in, in my sleep. It's for all of us. But 
because I'm a minister, I'm called to equip you and give these stories to you so that you can know it's for you. It's not just for us as ministers. It's for you. It's so that you can do this wherever you go. And so right now, I want to pray. I believe that we've got a larger viewing audience during this Thanksgiving weekend, and I can't help but to know that, that it would bless God for you to accept His acceptance of you. He said that for all who call upon the name of the Lord, Joel 2.32, He will receive. Call upon the name of the Lord, and He will hear you, and He will answer you. Will you pray with me right now? Do you want to know the God that answers by fire? Listen, I told my friends, I don't want to serve some, some wimpy God that isn't alive. I, I, I'm not interested in religion. I want the reality of the gospel. I want to experience the true power of Almighty God. And you know what? Me, as a Catholic boy, I got a hold of the scriptures and God showed himself real. I talked to a Methodist girl today that was cutting my hair. And I asked her, have you heard about the power of God? She said, no. And I started preaching to her. She said, wow, that's really interesting. I spoke to my Lutheran friends earlier this week, my Baptist friends. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you have no church background. What's important is that we know the Lord. Say this prayer with me. Father God, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for being real, for showing up, be real in my life. I believe that Jesus is the Savior. Now live through my life in a powerful way. In the name of Jesus, I receive you and I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.